Hello, welcome back to the Centennial 38 podcast. My name is Warners. And I'm Jared. And uh, we're back after an amazing 4th of July experience. I mean, everything but the game was amazing. We had a great TIFO. We had an amazing tailgate. How many did uh, did, did we end up getting? Slightly over 1,000 people out to the tailgate. So uh, unbelievable and, and really fun to see everyone back out. It's been a long time since we've all been able to get together. And uh, hopefully we can make a habit of it. Yeah, uh, I imagine now that we're back in full swing, the undefeated tailgate is going to keep on rolling. Uh, let's talk about that uh, that game though. What, you, what, um, what? Give me your your initial thoughts as I pull up some stats here. Yeah, I mean, initial thoughts is we, we felt like we were in with a shout all night. Um, I think, you know, I, I've seen you kind of posting about this and saying uh, that we should have, if we ever were going to take three points off Seattle, it, it was, that was our chance. Um, it did feel like we had a lot of chances, and um, I'm hoping we start to seize it some more of those chances. I've got some ideas at, at how we can do so, but um, I imagine you were happy when you saw the lineup come out, and uh, it could only be a 4-3-3. Uh, yeah, I mean, when I saw it on the screen, it looked like a 4-4-2. So, I mean, a 4-4-2 could easily look like a 4-3-3, but uh, not the 3-5-2 that, uh, that a lot of us were kind of wondering, kind of kind of cautiously, skeptically wondering uh, if, if, if Robin Frazier would have rolled out with it again. Uh, nonetheless, though, I think uh, I like the way we played that night. What did, what did you think? Yeah, I know. We we, uh, we split possession. We dominated the number of shots. Um, we really need to just get more clinical um, in, in the attacking third. Uh, the... the issue I think we're having right now is is strong chance creation. Uh, we have a lot of possession, a lot of opportunities, but we're, our, our type of shots we're getting aren't, aren't necessarily great scoring opportunities. We're getting a lot of crosses into the box, which would be great if we still had a guy like Kamara heading those home. Right. Uh, Rubio, that's not one of his strengths. And so uh, we're seeing the ball out wide is great, but how we start to integrate play from the wings into the, uh, the finishing movement. Uh, we talked about possibly seeing Bassett get into those positions that wasn't really where he was on the field um, for for most of the night and um, we did see some chances from Rubio Barrios with a great finish um, Barrios is really shouldering the load of creativity right now but um, what did you think um, how, how do you think we can get a few more goals in the back of the net going forward I think right now the Rapids are a little too predictable in their attack I mean there's not much um, dynamicism if, if, if that's the word you want to call it they're it's just too predictable right now. I mean, and and as the season goes on and and more tape is available to um, to MLS teams, they're gonna notice our little tricks here. They're gonna know that uh, Barrios likes to to take the ball into the box and he's gonna make magic out the box. So, I mean, from there, um, you gotta really wonder where uh, where the new creativity is gonna come from. Originally, it was supposed to be Namley, but of course, Namley's gone, um, and. For as much as I love Danny Wilson and his long balls, we we that cannot be the uh, the go to like route one attacking soccer that that we, cannot be our attacking strategy uh, for the rest of the season, or else right. it's going to be a very dour finish. Yeah, we we need we need someone to step up, and, and whether that be Mesquita or Benize or uh, maybe even Brian Galvan, we need to see something new from these boys because it's 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 great like attacking soccer but it's starting to get a little predictable yeah a little little stale as well but uh, one thing we we will have plenty of in the next month is opportunity so guys are going to have a chance to play minutes Um, maybe guys playing minutes that we 
aren't necessarily used to seeing. Right. Um, we, we have uh, Kelly's been brought up from uh, Phoenix Rising to play at left back. Um, how do you think he'll fare? That's a big, big role to fill with with Vines going away for the Gold Cup. So what I what I saw from Kelly last year when he played against Salt Lake, I think I absolutely loved. I think um, there was a lot of skepticism and worry when Sam Vines was brought up to take the left back role. There was a lot of wondering if he would if he would adapt or not. And I and I and I proudly and confidently said that he'll take to the role. I think we're I, I said we're fine with him back there. Um, I think we're going to be fine with Jeremy Kelly. I think whether or not um, he takes Vine's role is probably not going to happen, but he's a great backup, uh, more so than Declan Wynn, just because Declan Wynn always kind of had some injury to him. There's always something off about his game, and he never really felt as confident as the young Jeremy Kelly is. Uh, I am excited to see him. I am kind of nervous to see what our midfield looks like, uh, just to see who steps up, because that's, that's the biggest hole right now. I think Jack Price is out from what I saw, and uh, we need someone to step up. I would like for Mayaka to step up, but I, th- I don't think he's quite ready, uh, given what I've seen from him in the Springs. He's uh, he- he's still kind of getting adjusted to professional play. What do you what do you think of our for our midfield? Yeah, he needs a little bit of seasoning. I don't know what to expect from Warner. Um, it-, it does look like Warner's going to slide in and play in the DM slot. Um, I think we're going to have a lot of trouble. Um, and-, and so we had talked about the Seattle game being kind of a-, a confidence game. I'm glad that we didn't take it on the chin and lose. It would have been great great for us to win but um, now with a quick turnaround to Minnesota um, we really need to start to to take the onus on on ourselves to to drive the game to opponents if we are if we're tentative rolling into the next two weeks we could find ourselves sliding quickly so um, I'm still optimistic about the team but we have some major challenges now with with a significantly uh, depleted roster especially in the middle of the field so some of the guys that that need to step up um, you know Shinyashiki is is my boy I've, I've talked highly of him all year but um, he, he hashed one chance pretty um, notably I believe in the uh, later in the first half yep. um, and and, and so he, we've got to get him built back up. We've got to get some confidence there because if we have one wing that's just not producing, um, Lewis produced in, in limited quantities from a, a bench role, but the left wing has to become a strength very quickly because it's it's one area where we're not uh, depleted. It's guys that we need to count on, have been counting on, um, but we need to see some goals from that position and and hopefully help Barrios on the creative side because right now uh, he looks awesome and, and not to not to diminish what he's done on the right but um we we need balance there and and we can't become a crossing team yeah and it seems to me that uh the weight of the number nine is bearing on shinyashiki he and and it's it's sort of fine because i mean this is what's known as a sophomore slump i think shinyashiki's experiencing that still no goals no one goal just a one lone goal earlier in the home opener and that's about it but we really need to see more from from him uh sort of produce the amount that he did when he was uh, playing on the left last year. Uh, whether or not, and it's also just kind of an issue of him getting some more play time. Uh, I think this is the first time he's started, right, since that game. So he's been in and out of the lineup. I think he really needs to s- just to solidify himself. Um, yeah, from from what I saw overall, the general mood was uh, – 
Like people were kind of content that we got a draw out of Seattle. I I said plenty of times that it's a must that that game was a must win. I'll read out some stats for you here. 14 shots to their seven, seven corners to their zero, and Seattle concede a lot on on set pieces. Um, we we brought it to them with 14 fouls. So I mean we were really trying to uh, bring it to them, and and we were really chasing them. I, I think a play if this was a playoffs, it'd be a little concerning that it was a one one at home. And these are kind of these are playoff games that have the potential. These are potential playoff games. So you need to kind of play with that same attitude because that's what a perennial playoff team does. Yeah, and we're building the resume right now. So uh, a loss against KC, a draw against Seattle, those are the teams that we're going to see uh, come playoff time. It, it probably won't be the Dallases and Minnesotas of the world. So um, we really start to ha- we, we have to start to set the bar at these games, the, the Kansas Cities and Seattles, um, where right now I, I, I'm worried we're going to skid with some quote unquote easier games on the schedule because we didn't take advantage of our uh, roster as we had it and and like we say coming in significantly diminished um, we're, we're going to have to start to manufacture some creativity uh, manufacture some goals and we have to do so right now yeah absolutely because um, you, you you need you need a statement win against your next three opponents just to feel good about yourself in the standings otherwise it's going to feel like oh the Rapids kind of just snuck into the playoffs and Sticking in the playoffs is fine three years ago, four years ago when we didn't have the roster for the um, when we didn't have the roster to compete. I think now we have a great roster. Now we have all the pieces. We just need to make sure they fit correctly. Yeah, I don't know if I'm as confident that we have all the pieces. I think we have a lot of very good pieces. Um, but uh, again, we're one of the I, I don't know of any other teams that are going to roll into the heart of the season with no DP. Um, no, that's true as well. Yeah, we, you know, we, we have a very good team and, and it's it's well constructed. We've done so um, with, you know, some major budget plays. Uh, we've talked on the pod about Wilson coming in at a lower number than we had him uh, prior. We've got um, some very good deals on players, but um, we we may need to dip our toe into the market a little bit here come the secondary transfer window because I'm not 100% confident that we have all the pieces. Um, and, and how our play fits together, I, I think, will hinge on um, e- either some players stepping up dramatically from, from the beginning of the season or uh, possibly just kind of reinvigorating the team, giving a different look with potentially some more attacking players coming in. Um, I, where would you look to see this team improve in the transfer window? I think the attacking role, um, the the nine role specifically, is an area that was is obvious uh, for, for me, at least on an area where we could improve. Um, the rest of the park, I do think we're, we're looking pretty pretty good uh, we're deep at center back uh, we could use an extra player or two on on the outside back cover but really I, we have some decent cover coming in to replace I mean two of the best in the league at Rosenberry and Vines yeah and I mean I think Kelly will be fine just just fine subbing for either Rosenberry and Vines now if one of them gets injured now you're kind of now you're kind of relying on Beta Shore, which he, although he is an MLS vet, you got to be you got to be careful with him just because we have he hasn't really seen the field in two years now. Um, I, I'm really concerned about the midfield spot, especially um, if this is the season. I, I, I think I don't know. I'm not. I'm. I don't know anything about him leaving. But if if Bassett were to go. 
or if Kellen were to go, that leaves Jack Price. And if Jack Price is injured, that really, that leaves our midfield with a huge kind of uh, a void there that someone needs to fill in. Colin Warner is a good sort of backup, but he shouldn't be the starter. Nico Mesquita is a great backup, but not necessarily the starter. Um, who that I think midfield for sure is is the big the big one, and then the second one is obviously uh, a nine. I I do like Rubio a lot, but I think when he was paired up with Kamara, when he was playing the ten role right behind Kamara, they had such a great um like combination. They had a great chemistry, a great flow to them, and now Rubio is being tasked to just be the sole striker. I think he needs a uh someone to pair up with him. Yeah, uh, I couldn't agree more. And I'd be interested to see if we do look to strengthen in the middle of the park, um, I, I could see it being a veteran type of player. It's going to be hard to get someone else in the prime of their career when you do, uh, you know, on your best day, have Bassett, Acosta, Price, all uh, very strong players that are going to be very difficult to take out of your, you know, your best starting 11. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what we could strengthen with there. But um, yeah, the the number nine role would be, it would be awesome to see someone else come in now. Um, um, so there's some names that are are being uh, put out there, like an Altador, where I, that would be uh, an interesting move. But I don't know if that will bring the level of excitement that I'm kind of looking for. Um, seems like another retirement play. Um, but it, you know, it, it, it's an area that that can use some improvement, and and hopefully we'll find that. And if not, then we're gonna have to find a new mix. We've gone to the well um, quite a few times with a very similar looking uh, lineup, and that's gonna have to change. Uh, very soon here. And like you said, the next three matches against, um, we've got the Loons uh, tomorrow on Wednesday, then we have San Jose, and then Dallas after that. And these are all winnable games, but we we have to put the ball in the back of the net. I don't think that we'll beat any of them with one goal, um, unfortunately. The the last time Minnesota was here, uh, we went into halftime down 2-0. But uh, what a second half that was, and hopefully we have um, a similar experience, at least as much fun as that game uh, here on Wednesday night. Yeah, and um, I also want to mention sort of the, uh, the this is why I like sort of the youth system we have set up where um, where we could go for a veteran-type midfielder like, um, I don't know, I can't think of one off the top of my head in MLS. Like, you know, your Ozzy Alonzo's, your Chara's, your, uh, what's his name, Espinoza's. You have, like, veteran players that you could maybe make a move for. But you also got your young guns. You have Will Vint. You have Darren Yappy. You have uh, Oliver Laraz. And, of course, at forward, you got uh, Dantuma Toure, Yaya Toure. I want to see some of these kids, if not on the pitch, at least in the start in the, uh, the 18. So I think... Um, because there's also the um, there's, there's also the case when we had Bassett, where we pushed Bassett in and we, we let him have fun, we let him play around, we let him get used to it. I, I want to see these kids kind of get used to it as well, especially if we're going to be thin at midfield. You know, what's may as well let's see how let's see what they got, and I, I would like to see more Laras. Yeah, and if you're if you're a young player, you can't look at a month and see a bigger opportunity. It's just opportunity all over the pitch. Where um, we've got a defender, we've got an attacking player, and a midfielder all all headed to the national team and, and a lot of minutes to fill. So it, you know, if you really want to make a statement, this would be a great time to do so. All right, uh, move on. Let's move on. Let's talk about Minnesota. So Minnesota come off a 2-2 draw against San Jose. Uh, that's a game they should have won. There was a penalty that was 
more or less not a penalty in, in all reality. Um, Minnesota, let's see where they're at in the standings. You got that pulled up? Um, I don't have where they're at in the standings, but they just came off of, so we, we talked about the 2-2 draw. They uh, bested Portland on the road 1-0, so um, good win there on June 26th. And then they beat Austin at home 2-0. Or no, they beat Austin in Minnesota uh, 2-0 uh, in their previous match. So they had a really strong month of June. They did draw with Dallas and then uh, drawing with San Jose. They, they're they still the same team that we played uh, before. This is a game that we should win uh, uh, on paper, but well, they've had some good results. I wouldn't call them the same team. They they have bo- they have bolstered their their squad. They have a nine in uh, Ramon Avila. They have Fragapane. They have uh, they they brought in some new people, uh, a new French forward, Adrian Hunu. So I think this Minnesota team already with with within the last time we saw them have three new bona fide forwards all right and and it's reflected in the standings they're in they're two points below us at sixth place uh we have a game in hand of course we'll play them and we'll still have even if they win we'll be just one point below them with a game in hand but this needs to be a win i mean i I would have loved to have been in a winning position uh against seattle of course uh but this one is also a must win this one's a uh, uh the expectation is a win yeah, and I, I would come much closer to the must-win uh, moniker for this game, uh, especially starting the the three-game um, streak we have here of, of winnable matches. If we start off with a draw, it would be uh, a major handicap as we roll into the next two just from a confidence perspective. So um, hopefully the home crowd comes out for a Wednesday night game. Uh, we got to keep the intensity and the excitement up. Fourth uh, of July is always a boon, uh, but this time we, we've really got to bring it on a Wednesday night, and, and hopefully we'll have a good crowd out at the park. Yeah, um, I'm gonna be having my uh, I'm gonna be taking my trumpet out there and kind of leading chants with the trumpet. Hopefully that uh, that that goes well. I know about like four or five songs, and I'm gonna BS my way through the entire game just playing those five or six songs. Hey, you don't have to be Louis Armstrong out there. Uh, just <laughs> just lead the group along. Uh, that'll be terrific. And and also just going back uh, to the Fourth of July game, just want to shout out the TFO crew and everybody that worked at the tailgate. Um, a lot of people Absolutely. put in a lot of hard work there, um, and it doesn't go unrecognized. It makes the game day experience what it is. Yeah, uh, and. As I say, as I hammer to every single person online, 100% based volunteer, 100% donation based. This is honestly, and and it is the best. It is the greatest tailgate in MLS. There's no like debate about it. Anyone that kind, of, anyone that comes into my mentions on Twitter and says, "Well, what about my tailgate?" I'm like, "Does your tailgate host at most at one point two thousand people back in back in like." 2016, 18, 19, around those times. I mean, we had a thousand people out for this one. It, it, there was a lot of people. Um, I, I don't think anyone else has got is even comes close to what we have. I mean, quick shout out to Devin Wittick. He was showing us all the hot dog buns he had to buy, uh, and he, how he cleared out two two King Supers. So. If your tailgate's not clearing out your local King Supers, I don't want to hear about it. Yeah, and if Devin's not sending you pictures of his buns, you're in the wrong group chat. Absolutely. Uh, anything else you want to hammer? Uh, nothing nothing to hammer right now. Let's let's get out there tomorrow night. Um, another home game, another three points on the line, and, and hopefully we'll be able to, t- to keep those here at Dick's Sporting Goods Park. Yeah, and uh, I also would like to remind everyone that there is an away trip. Uh, we're going to keep... Uh, kind of promoting that, kind of keep making sure we get more people on those buses because it is a fun time. Um, 
I think uh, $125 gets you a bus, match ticket, and your hotel. All in one, all in one day, we, we, we drive back the next day. We're going to have to defend that Rocky Mountain Cup since we couldn't see, that, see our boys last year win it. Absolutely. And it's going to be a fun trip. Uh, I, we already got started on singing some of the songs for uh, <laughs> yeah. for Salt Lake on the bus out this weekend. So, um, yeah, get your tickets and get them early so that we can uh, lock in as, as many places as we can and make this experience uh, available for everybody because it is the best entertainment value you're going to find. And as much as we love Pablo Mascheroni, we have to come in to his new house, his new place and just kind of show him. We got to we got to remind him what he's missing. Yeah, we, we retired the 25. It was a, a great ceremony, and, and now we go back to uh, a healthy rivalry here for um, for that Salt Lake match. But uh, great to see Pablo back in the house. Um, really nice little celebration we did for him. Uh, interesting first number retirement. Great speech. Um, and you can tell that, that Colorado means a lot to that guy. So uh, healthy rivalry there, and um, we wish him all the best going forward as well. Yeah, and um, he... he I'll, I'll never, I'll, I'll always kind of question his coaching, but I'll never question like his charisma and his ability to speak and really kind of like when cause he was talking in, in that ceremony, I was motivated also to just run through a brick wall from him. Guy is a great motivator. Yeah, class act. Um, you know, hopefully he's he's learning lessons. He he came into the Rapids job as um, a very young coach without Green. a lot of seasoning. Yes, and um, so hopefully he's learning some lessons on on how to coach in uh, attacking soccer uh, from time to time, as well as his defensive prowess. And uh, I, he's going to have a great career, and and Colorado will always be a big part of that. So um, three cheers for the the club for putting on a really nice celebration for him. We need uh, we need Pablo back as an assistant. I think that'll be a great way to kind of put the cherry on top because seeing him at RSL just doesn't feel right. That's true, but um, I don't know. I, I I think at this point he he doesn't view himself as as an assistant coach for for the Rapids. So um, if we see him back here, I think it would be as the manager. But right now we've we've got a great one of our own, and and Robin Fraser also um, with a lot of class in his uh, celebration. And it'd be very easy for him to uh, kind of turn a blind eye to the Pablo celebration. This is the guy that you're really coming in to take over for. Uh, but Robin was was super classy, and and uh, those guys are are good friends and, and former teammates as well. So. Um, we, we've got a good one, so I'm, I'm not trying to get rid of Robin anytime <laughs> soon, but I think that if Pablo were to come back to the Rapids, he'd want to do so as as the head coach and really show us what he's learned. Absolutely. Yeah, that, that's all we got for the uh, C38 podcast today. Make sure you get your bus tickets. Uh, I'll see you all tomorrow for the uh, tailgate. Make sure you say hi. I mean, a lot of people have been saying they really like it, so we appreciate it. If you like it, leave us a review uh, on, on Apple, and it really it'll show – you know, potential advertisers that we got a nice fan base here. And if you can't find Juan, he'll be the guy with the horn. Um, so that, <laughs> yep. that should lead you to him pretty directly. Um, I'll be there too. We're going to come home with three points. Thanks for listening guys. And we'll talk to you next time. Yep. Bye-bye guys. Take care. See you.